Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. The text that was read was part of a, a long series of discussions Jesus was having with his apostles. And in that discussion, he was making several statements. Uh, one was, uh, the statements actually had to do with this, this preposition, if, if you do this, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. But he had said before that, if you ask anything in my name, I will give it to you. And of course, uh, this expression comes up here also, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's a simple, straightforward statement regarding his followers. He's talking to his apostles. And by extension, he's talking to you. Now, he's, he's making the very same statement to us. And that is, if we love him, we'll keep his commandments. Now that's, that's a different scenario than what we read of in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament law, the Torah as it's called. Because in that context, he talks about the commandments and he's saying to the children of Israel that you must do this or else. He does not say, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He actually sets forth the commandments. It's very easy for us to see them. He lists them as 10 specific commandments. And then he goes on to give all this information to the children of Israel that's contained in the book of Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy that have to do with what they must do in order to please God. Keep His commandments. Now, there are two things in this context. He said, if you keep my commandments, if you keep my word, I will bless you, or I will, my Father will love you, I'll love you, and will come to you, and we'll make our dwelling place with you if you keep my commandments. But he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, and I'll do these things. We know the difference, at least I think I know the difference, and I think you do too, between a commandment and a, and a um, request. Someone makes a request and says, will you do this for me? Can you do this for me? Or simply sometimes, as the case of husband and wife, might be, or father and mother, son or daughter, do this for me. Do this. You do this, you do that. It's not always couched in the, in the form of a commandment, is it? But, it? but it actually takes on that form, it takes on that context. Our parents send us to the store to buy milk. Go buy milk. It's a request in a sense, but it's also a commandment. Go do this. And we're, we, we do it. And we also know that if we don't do it, there may be some consequences. Now, that's what the Old Testament was like, wasn't it? So we look at the Old Testament and we know that there are commands. And they're called commandments. Let's just call them commands. Commandments. And the commandments are, God said, I want you to do this. 
Remember the rich young ruler? He asked the Lord, he said, what must I do? What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, keep the commandments. By the term, by the word keep, he actually meant to observe. You observe the commandments. And the young man said, which ones? And Jesus delineated the, the six that had to do with this fellow man. Now, the, the point we're making here is that the Old Testament commandments were couched in, in, this, in this form. Do this. If you do this, I will bless you. If you do not do this, I will curse you. That's found in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 27 and 28. So he said, do these commandments, I will bless you. If you do not do these commandments, I will curse you. So, Jesus is expressing it in a different form, in a different way. He's saying, if, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. But he does not use the same expression that is used in the Old Testament to the children of Israel because the Old Testament expression was, if you do not keep my commandments, I will curse you. You see the difference? He does not express his commandment in an expression such as, keep my commandments or else. He doesn't say that. He tells us we keep his commandments if we love him or else. Or else. <laughs> I had it right, didn't I? Kind of. What I want to talk to you about is this. When we, we have a penchant in the churches of Christ, we have a penchant in looking for commandments. We want to find the commandment that tells us, I have to do this. Or else. Have you ever been in that frame of mind? I have to know, do I have to be baptized? If I'm not baptized, what happens? We want, we want the or else, don't we? Do I have to go to church services on Sunday morning? Or else? Do I have to contribute a certain percentage of income on Sunday? Or else? So we, we kind of have that. It, we don't say that naturally, obviously. We don't say that. But we think that in, to some great degree. We're looking for a commandment couched in the form of a commandment that tells me I must do this or else I will be sinning. Right? Isn't this how we generally look for what God wants us to do? Now, I'm not, I'm not criticizing you for this. What I'm saying is that we've gotten into the sort of the habit of this and we've gotten away from the idea that we do the commandments because we love Him. We've kind of gotten away from that. We've gotten to, we start thinking we have to keep his commandments or we're going to suffer the consequences. That's why Jesus came to change. He came to change that thinking. Now, what I'd like to do with you this morning is to think along these terms. Of course, Jesus said this several different times, didn't he? In John, <coughs> pardon me, in John 14, 15, he said, if you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments. John fifteen ten, 
He said, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. If I were one of those apostles, if you were one of those apostles, and Jesus said this to you, if you keep my commandments, if you love me, keep my commandments, I will dwell with you. Probably the first thing that would jump into your mind would be, what are your commandments? Where do we find your commandments? Where did you tell me to do anything? Right? Right? Isn't that what we look for? Where did you ask me to do something? And is that a commandment? Well, sure it is. If Jesus said, if you do my will, what Jesus wants is for us to act in a certain way, to behave in a certain, in a certain fashion. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 8 talks about Jesus. Jesus was our mentor along this line. He came to do the will of his Father, didn't he? As a matter of fact, in John chapter 12, verse 49 and 50, this is one, one place. He says it in several other places that he came to do his Father's will. He came to obey his Father's commandment. He said, I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment. What I should say and what I should speak. So the Father gave Jesus a commandment. The Father sent Jesus down to this earth and he said, Son, I want you to do this. Do this. Right? Have you ever had anybody tell you to do that? Your father said, go chop some wood. Go fetch something for me. Go get my slippers. Go get my paper. Your mother said, get this get this bowl down from the cabinet so we can have our breakfast. That's The father told the son this. He said, son, do this. And that's what Jesus said. He said, my father gave me a commandment, what I should say, not only what he was going to do, but what he should say and what I should speak. He said, I know his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the father said unto me, so I speak. So Jesus was under his father's commandments. His father said, do this. Now in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Though he were a son, talking about Jesus, though he were a son, yet he learned obedience. Now you know I, I wrestle with that one. Have you ever wrestled with that idea? That Jesus learned obedience? He said, even though he were a son, he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. The word learned means to experience. He experienced obedience by the things which he suffered. Be made perfect, he became the author of salvation to all those that obey him. Now that's what he was telling the apostles. He's saying, if you love me, keep my commandments. Do what I ask you to do. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3, we'll jump ahead just a little bit. 1 John 5, verse 3 says, If we love Him, we'll keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. They're not hard. They're not harsh. Well, here's what I did. Here's what I did. I said, okay, I'm one of the apostles. And Jesus told me, if I love him, I'll keep his commandments. And he told me, furthermore, if I keep his commandments, he and his father are going to dwell with me. Judas 
who was not the not Judas Iscariot, but the other Judas, the apostle, it popped into his mind. He said, well, Lord, how can you be with us and not with the world? How can you show yourself to us and not show yourself to the world? Well, of course, it, has, it had to do with the keeping of the commandments. It had to do with the fact that they loved him. Okay. So I said to myself, Bill, if you're one of the apostles, you better be thinking about what Jesus asked you to do. Because he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So the first thing I need to think of is, what are your commandments? What did, what did you tell me to do? What did you ask me to do? Let's look at it. Did, 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 have you found anything in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John where Jesus said, I command you to do this? No. He did tell the apostles several things, though, didn't he? He told them to do several things. Now, here's what he told the apostles to do. And by extension, he's telling you to do this, too. So we're going to look and see if we can find the commandments. So the first one that I ran across, or that I ran across was, he told the apostles, he said, when you go out talking about the kingdom, turn on the lights. Turn on the lights. He said that in uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. He said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Is that a commandment? Well, sure it is. Turn on the lights. Let people see who you are. Let people see who I am. That's what he's saying. Then he told them, he said, when you, when you go out preaching the kingdom and when you, when you live your life, he said, be genuine. Be a genuine person. Have integrity. Be, be a person that people can have confidence in. He said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, He said, I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now the, the scribes and Pharisees were involved in this or else idea, weren't they? Keep the, keep the commandments or else. And Jesus said, no, the way you do it is, if you love me, keep my commandments. And what he's telling, them, telling us is basically that, that we need to be genuine in our service to him, in our character, in our behavior. Then he said, and I, well, all I'm doing is I'm, I'm going, and what I did was I went back to the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I said, okay, where did Jesus tell the apostles to do something? And is that a commandment? And I thought to myself, well, sure it is. If he says, do it, do my will, that's commandment, right? Right. Do you agree? Yeah. That's got to be a commandment. Now, what he told them also was, he said, don't lose your temper. Don't lose your temper. Don't get angry. Don't get mad at him, and don't run off with the mouth. Don't say anything about them bad. Don't do that. No, he didn't say that. That's me saying it. <laughs> Let's read it. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 22, he says, I say unto you, Whoso is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Whosoever shall say to his brother Raka, he shall be in danger of the council. 
Whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. If you love me, Jesus said, keep your cool. Don't get mad. Don't get angry. Calm it down. Keep your behavior and your tongue where it ought to be. Then he also told the, told the apostles, he said, uh, if, if you have emotions that are not right, keep them under control. Make sure that you keep your, your desires under control. Because he was, he was talking to, to some people, Matthew chapter 5, the question was asked, or basically the question had been posed to those of old time. And those of old time said, uh, you shall not commit adultery, which was the seventh commandment, right? This is one or else commandment. But Jesus said, I say unto you, whosoever looks on a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his own heart. He's saying, control your desires. Keep your fleshly sexual desires under control because that's where your problems come from, your heart. Okay. And he also said, Matthew chapter 5, verse 33, he said, keep your word. Keep your word. If you love me, you'll keep your word. If you love me, whatever you say, you'll do. You know that? That's what he said. Matthew 5.33 he said, Against it, Again, it has been said of them of old time, You shall not forswear yourself, but shall perform unto the Lord your oaths. Forswear means goes back on your word. So he's saying, If you tell someone something, if you say you're going to do something, do it. That's what he's saying. That's a commandment. Have you ever thought about that? What difference does it make whatever I tell people I'm going to do? Jesus said, my commandment is, if you love me, don't do that. Don't go back on your word. Do what, you're told, do what you said you're going to do. It's your character. Uh, James said, let your yea be yea, let your yes be yes, and your no be no. If you don't mean that you're going to do something, don't tell someone you're going to do it. Correct? I know it gets pressure on us at times. When somebody wants us to do something and we don't know how to say no. There are two words in our vocabulary that have to do with, with our projected word. One is the word yes. The other is the word no. It's easier to say yes and go back on it than it is to say no and take the consequences. Correct? Okay. If you love me, keep your word. That's what he said. The apostles had to be looking back at these things and say, what did Jesus ask me to do? Because I, I want him to dwell with me and I want the Father to dwell with me. What were his commandments? What did he ask me to do? Well, he said, don't get even. If somebody does something to you, don't spend all your time trying to get even. He, he said, if someone says something mean, and you cannot come up with a quick reply. Don't grieve over it and figure out how you're going to say it next time. How are you going to get back? How are you going to get even? 
how you're going to get your grudge relieved. He, he said, He said, I say unto you, resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Don't carry a grudge. Okay. That's, is that a, just a request? Or is it a commandment? Jesus said, don't re- return evil for evil, return good for evil. That, my friend, I, I understand to be the will of God. And he said, uh, he said, love your enemies. Now that again, that's not just a suggestion. Oh, it, Bill, it'd be better off if you'd love your enemies. Carol, it'd be better off if you just love your enemies. Don't, don't, don't despise them. Fred, love your, just try to try to love your enemies. Try to do the best you can. You know what? Jesus said, Jesus said, if you love me, you will love your enemies. Oh, this gets tough, doesn't it? This is tough. Tough love, maybe we call it. He said, I say unto you that hear me, love your enemies, do good to them that hate you, bless them that curse you, pray for them which despitefully use you. Oh, our prayers are full of all sorts of things about our friends. How about our prayers for our enemies? How, how many of those fill up your prayer life, your enemies? That's what Jesus... Wait a minute. Did He say, or else? No. He said, if you love Me, you will love your enemies. Why? Because He first loved us. Isn't that correct? And He said, don't flaunt your goodness. Don't make yourself be something you're not in terms of goodness. Don't try to make people think you're something special. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5 says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Don't flaunt yourself. Don't, don't try to exhibit your goodness. You know, when and the ladies, pardon me for saying this, but when you get ready to go meet the public, you put on face powder and rouge and lipstick and eyeshadow and all this kind of stuff to make yourself look more presentable maybe. Um, men don't do that as often, but we, we preen a lot too. But, but the idea is putting on makeup spiritually or as, as our character is concerned, trying to make our character what we're, look better than it actually is, building ourselves up, making a painting of a different picture to people of who we actually are. Jesus said, don't do that. You know, a, a coat of paint does not change what's underneath. And thin veneer does not change who we are in character. So Jesus is saying, be your own goodness. Don't flaunt your goodness. And he said, in Matthew 6, verse 12, he said, forgive your enemies. Now these are just sort of statements that Jesus is making as he's talking to the disciples and to the apostles. He's saying, forgive your enemies. And people could say, well, that's, that's good advice, Lord. Yeah, that's good advice. No, that's not just good advice. 
That's one of those, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you do my will, my Father and I will live with you. That's one of those. Forgive your enemies. That's what he said when he talked, talked about how to pray. He said, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who, who are in our debt, who are our debtors. And he said in Matthew 6, verse 33, he said, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Well, you, you look at that and say, well, I have a lot of things I need to do before I die. Have you heard the old term bucket list? Have you heard that lately? Bucket list. Here's my bucket list. Ten things I want to do before I die. You know what Jesus said? Number one on your bucket list should be, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom. Again, it's doing his will. And he tells us we should not be concerned about what other people are doing more than what we're doing. Matthew 7, 1, he says, Judge not that ye be not judged. So to look at someone else and judge what they did and try to understand their character and their motives and so forth, we're not supposed to be doing that. And he said, Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Again, are these just suggestions that a wise man made, you think? As I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, no, these aren't suggestions. The apostles had to go back over this stuff and say, when Jesus said, if you, if you love me, you keep my commandments, is this what he's talking about? And I'd have to say, yeah, I think it is. I think that's exactly what he's talking about. And he, he said, build your house on a rock. He said that in Matthew 7, 24. He said, Whosoever will hear these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken unto him a wise man built his house upon a rock. The fellow that built his house on the sand, that's one of the, kind of one of those oils things. If you build your house on the sand, it's going to be destroyed. And he told his apostles, he, he sent them out one time earlier before he died on the cross and came back. He said, Go preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Go preach. Did he tell you to do that? Did he tell me to do that? Did he tell, did he tell me to tell other people about the kingdom? Well, he told them that in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 7. And he said some other things that, that have to do with our everyday life, didn't he? He said, Suffer little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. That's, that's of course, Matthew 19 verse 14. If you don't look at a little child, if you can't look at a child and see the wonderful innocence in that baby, in that child, then you're not seeing what you should be seeing. Jesus said, suffer little children to come unto me. So we should suffer little children. We should make sure that we know when we see them that they are the epitome of a handiwork of God, the innocence that should we should imbibe in, is embodied in them. A little child is just as pure and as innocent as they can be. And we should suffer them. Then he said, he told us another something, he told the apostles something else, and I, I take this one to heart as well. He said, he said, whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. He's saying, whoever wants to be big, let him be little. 
Now that's a commandment. That's a commandment. Whosoever wants to be first, let him be the last. Don't butt into line ahead of anyone. That's a simple thing, isn't it? But it's still, Jesus said, if you want to be first, be last. If you want to be the best, be the worst. If you want to be the tallest, be the smallest. Brother Joe Forster used to say, there are fellows that like to be the tall hog at the trough. Sometimes it said, we want to be the big dog among the little dogs. Be the little dog. Be the, be the short hog. That's what he said. It's not just a suggestion, friend. That's the point. It's not something like your mother said, hey, if you go to the store, bring me back a pack of gum. It's not conditional. This is a commandment of God. Don't try to be big. Try to be little. Don't try to be the greatest. Try to be the smallest. Don't try to be the best. Try to be the least. That's what he's saying. That's what, but that's, that's, my friend, that's a commandment. That's what he's telling me to do. And he says, I found another one. This one's kind of, kind of apropos to our day and time. Because we're having a lot of trouble politically in this country. We're trying to figure out what we should or shouldn't do. What the government can or can't tell us to do. And so for a Christian, for other people in the world, it's not that important. They can, they can raise up, they can paint signs, they can march up and down and so forth. But for a Christian, we have to look at it and say, well, what did Jesus tell me to do regarding the civil government, right? Is there a commandment anywhere in the New Testament that tells me what I have to do in terms of civil government? Well, here's what Jesus said. He said, Matthew twenty two twenty one. he said, Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Okay. That means that whatever belongs to the rulers in their domain, what they have a legitimate right to do and to tell me to do, Jesus said, Bill, do it. Right? Whatever they can legitimately tell me to do, in their purview, in their reign. Okay. You must pay 8.1% sales tax. State sales tax. So what's my obligation? Do it. They've got the right to tell me to do that, don't they? Sure. They say, okay, I want you, I want you to make sure that you observe your neighbor's boundaries and don't don't infringe upon them and don't take advantage of your neighbor's property or their neighbor's goods and so forth. Don't do that or you'll go to jail. And so I say, okay, I, I don't care about the jail, but I care about my Lord. He said, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. So, it, it, but again, I know that the government has the right to tell me that and to order me in society. I know that. And so I rend unto Caesar's what is Caesar's. Jesus also said, Bill, what I want you to do is to confess my name, Jesus. I want you to confess my name before others. I want you to tell others your faith. That you believe in me. Right? Didn't he say that? Isn't that a commandment? It's not as, hey Bill, if you get a chance, just 
in, in passing, maybe just sort of pass it off that you believe in me. Now that would be a suggestion, wouldn't it? But he said, confess me before men and I'll confess you before my Father which is in heaven. That's a commandment. That's what he told me to do. I'll confess you before the angels of heaven. He that denies me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. One last one. Now, you may have found some others in your study. Go back through Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. See what you can find. Oh, we can find commandments in the New Testament in the Acts through the book of Revelation. There are a lot of commandments there too. That they have the same coloration to them, which means that if we love God, if we love Jesus, we'll keep those commandments and He'll dwell with us. Right? He also said to study your Bibles. Read your Bibles. Did you know that? Jesus said that Jesus told the apostles, read your Bible. John chapter 5, verse 39. Search the Scriptures, He said. <laughs> That's to me too, isn't it? Now, I know Paul told Timothy to do that. But I also know that He told the apostles to do that. And when He had told the apostles to do that, He told them in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, 20, He said, Go ye into all the world and uh, teach the nations. Teach them to observe all things whatsoever you have commanded. I have commanded you. So they're, they're to teach, to baptize, and then to teach everyone all things that He taught them to do. And He taught them to search the Scriptures. So, by extension, we know that He's telling me to do the same thing. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 23 and 24, this, this is the Apostle John. Now, he was one of the fellows that was standing there when Jesus was talking about, if you love me, keep my commandments. He, he was there. Matter of fact, he wrote that book with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit through him wrote that book, the book of John. So John knew what was going on. So later, probably 15 to 20 years after this event that we were re reading about in John 14, John wrote another book, a little one, 1 John. Then he wrote another one, 2 John, etc. And he wrote the book of Revelation, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Revelation. But in 1 John, he said this. 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, chapter 3, verse 23 and 24. He said, this is his commandment. John is fixed on commandments now. This is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keeps his commandments dwells in him, and he in him, and hereby we know that He abides in us by the Spirit which He has given us. Oh, there it goes. There it is. Keep the commandments. Now, of course, we know James said earlier, James said His commandments aren't, aren't hard. They're not grievous. We, we keep His commandments, but they're not grievous. That's why John said in John, Jesus said in John 15, 12, He said, This is my commandment, that you love one another even as I love you. Now, the, uh, one of the lawyers in Jesus' time had, had come to him. Not only did the rich young ruler ask him about the commandments and ask him about going to heaven, what he had to do to go to heaven, but one of the lawyers came and said, what's the best commandment you can think of? What's the first commandment? What's the big one? Jesus said, you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first. 
The second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, he said, hang all the law and the prophets. The apostles were not looking for, and nor should we look for, a to-do list, a check-off list. Have I kept this commandment? Check. How about this commandment? Maybe not. This commandment? Check. Having trouble with this one? This one? This one? This commandment? Check. That's not what Christians do. That's not what you do. That's not what I do. Jesus said, if you love me. What we do is we look right back at the motive for why we are doing what he asked us to do. Why did you come here today? Two reasons. Same two that Jesus gave. Because you love God and you love your brother and sister in Christ. That's why you're here. Why did you reach into your wallet and into your savings account and your checking account and take money out and, and uh, put it in into the tray or whatever it may be, give to the church to, to handle the Lord's business. Why did you do that? You say, well, because God told me I had to give 10%. No. No, you didn't do it that Yeah, that's not why you did it. You may try to calculate how much you give so different ways. He told Israel, do that, give 10%. But he didn't tell us that. He said, give. Now, why, why did you do that today? You did it for two reasons. First of all, because you love God. And second of all, because you love your brother and you love your neighbor. That's why you did it. Why do you every day walk out of this building and try to do the very best you can and live the very best life that you can because you're afraid of the... Or else you'll be cursed if you don't. Why do you get on your knees and pray to God? Give Him thanks for everything He's given. Why do you ask on the behalf of your friends, your neighbors, your loved ones, and your enemies? Why do you do that? I know why you do it. Because you love God and you love your neighbor. I know that. God bless you in your walk with the Lord through this week and all the weeks to follow. We'll stand and sing that song of invitation.